Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker and Philadelphia Eagles film junkie Fran Duffy break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast, and it's presented by BetOnline.ag. You saw them on the logo. They are the title sponsor, the promo codes Podcast One, and you get 50% off. Speaking of off, how about getting $20 off if you just use the code Tucker over at ButcherBox.com? Mmm, so good. And as I said on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, you take advantage of that even just for one month of meat and then you cancel. I don't care. That's up to you. But I will send you a signed press pass. So many awesome college press passes I got this year, Bri, from doing games. I got the SEC championship one still. I got Penn State, Wisconsin. I got the All-American Bowl with Tua Tungo Vailoa on it. Cornell, UB. Lehigh, Eastern Michigan against Army, Bucknell, Florida State, Virginia Tech. I've got Virginia Tech against the U, Miami. I've got the Pennsylvania State Championships for you Pennsylvania folks. That's actually a really nice credential. All kinds of awesome ones from the National Fantasy Football Convention that are pretty darn cool. And last year's All-American Bowl with Jake Fromm on the cover. So... I got a bunch of good ones, a bunch of really good ones. If you go to butcherbox.com and use that code Tucker, or really if you ever just win the sponsor confirmation email contest on the Ross Tucker football podcast, but that's another show. This is the college draft podcast. And this is part two of my unbelievable conversation with Jim Nagy. First of all, I love this guy. Second of all, I hope last week you guys all enjoyed hearing his story of how he got into the business and how he got all the way here to being the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Today is part two where I really wanted to dive into exactly what the Senior Bowl's timeline is, their process, how it works, how it's different. I think you'll really enjoy part two and have a much bigger understanding for what the Senior Bowl is and really could be. 
Jim, last week was amazing. Uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. Excited now to dive into a little bit more of the Senior Bowl because I think everybody listening to this podcast, the College Draft Podcast, knows about the Senior Bowl but doesn't really know about it. I do have one question, though, before we get into the Senior Bowl stuff, just kind of reflecting on what we talked about last week. Do you think how much of a meritocracy – do you think scouting um, front offices and and get and becoming a general manager is I, like I think players is a pretty it, player is about as close to a meritocracy as you're going to get. Now there's some stuff with guys that are first round picks versus undrafted and whatever you were brought in by this regime or whatever. But for the most part, I think being a player is pretty close to being a meritocracy. How close do you think? The NFL is and, and the front offices like GMs, like you know the thirty-two guys that are GMs. Are they the thirty-two best, most qualified guys in the world to have those jobs right now? Uh, that's a really good question, Ross. It really, it really is. I, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm taking anything away from the guys that have those jobs, but I'll just say this: there's a lot of there's a lot of good scouts out there. Uh, they've been doing it a long time and for whatever reason, just not gotten their shot. Um, there's guys in scouting roles right now that um, even from an evaluative standpoint, um, you know, could easily handle that GM job. So is, that's a great question, Ross. It really is a great question. I, it's been interesting to see over the last 20 years, which guys kind of get moved up through the ranks and which guys don't, because again, I, you, you read all these future GM lists and everything. And, you know, again, I've been in draft, been in draft rooms with, a, you know, the majority of those guys that are on those lists right now. And uh, just thinking off the top of my head of, of guys that aren't on any of those lists are so far off radars from the media standpoint, but are really, really good scouts, great evaluators, really good at schools with coaches. Um, you know, the essence of the job. I mean, it's interesting to see who 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 gets on that track and who doesn't. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but but there's a, there's a lot of capable guys out there that you know for whatever reason just get uh, get stuck in in scouting roles. Nope, I think it's well said, and I I, I tell people because I get asked about it by my friends or whatever, and I would say I don't mean this as disrespect to the guys that are general managers, Jim, but. I guess I would just say, you know, I've had enough conversations with enough general managers to know that some of them um, are really not overly impressive. <laughs> like, I guess is the best way to get, like, they, I just, I think people like to think about these multi-billion dollar organizations, I think some people would be surprised at some of the people that are hired to run these multi-billion dollar organizations is probably the best way to describe it. And it seems to me like the most important characteristics you can have are number one, working for the right organization, you know, whether that's the Patriots or maybe the Eagles now or the Ravens. I mean, there's only certain teams that they really take guys from there. You know, there's not, you don't see a lot of guys going from, you know, certain franchises and be getting a GM job through the front office part of it. They just don't, 
They just don't take guys from certain franchises. And then also, I think the media part's a big part of it. I, I know from my side, there are guys that are better than others at working the media part of it and making sure that the guys that put out those future GM list, that their name's on the future GM list. Yeah, that the, the self-promoting part is definitely definitely plays a part in it. Um, you know, and that's really taboo. Like, if, if people find out, if, 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 if you're kind of outed in the league of being a self-promoter among, in, the scouting, in the scouting community, uh, that's probably the worst thing you can be labeled, you know, within that, within that small fraternity that you're a self-promoter. So, um, but it happens, you know, guys do it. And, and unfortunately, a lot of times they, those are the guys that land the jobs. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it's a, it's an interesting conversation, Ross. We could off the air, we could probably talk about it. <laughs> well, let's get into, let's get into what we want to talk about on the air, which is, the senior bowl. I am always uh, amazed. Like when someone like you gets a job like that, I always want to know like, all right, what's the first thing you did the first day? And, and maybe more importantly, since you're a year in now, just walk our, th- our, walk my listeners through the timeline, through the process to, to get to the, you know, what I think is arguably the most important, you know, pre-draft event i mean it's more important than any pro day it's more important than the draft i mean in the combine i think it's the most important event between the bowl games and the draft is your senior bowl especially those practices so can you just kind of lay out the timeline a little bit yeah um gosh it's a long-winded question i'll try to try to cut myself off but no so it took the job just had to evaluate, you know, the entire organization and, and how things were run. And, and so we had a lot of those meetings internally just to get a feel for that. But more, you know, more to what we're talking about here on the football side of things. You know, what I, I really wanted to do was create um, something as close to a NFL personnel department as I could. So, you know, one thing we did last year that we'd never done in the past year was we hired a staff of uh, former NFL scouts to, to scout the country. And uh, we had four guys and they had 69 years of NFL experience. So, you know, that was important to me because it, it gave me sets of eyes all around the country that I, I knew what they were looking at. Um, they were well connected both with among the scouting community, but also the agent community and, and at the schools. So, um, you know, again, because we don't have an NFL budget, you know, our guys can't get out and travel a bunch, you know, they can't, you know, they couldn't get on planes. They couldn't stay nights in hotels. So really, it's wherever we could get to um, driving distance and get back home that night, that's, that's, you know, that's what we did. So, you know, one thing we're really proud of, of the 114 guys we invited to last year's game, we saw 105 of them live in games. Um, so that was, that was huge to have, this, to have that staff in place. And, again, they were all under contract with their teams, um, couldn't pay them a, a huge – you know, huge salary, uh, really anything to live off. So it was important. We found some guys that were still under contract. You know, we went through the right channels. I contacted their former GMs, and and they were they were okay with it. And uh, you know, with them working with us, so that that worked out great. You know, and we really had a tight knit staff. We we did conference calls all the time. I got them Senior Bowl gear to wear and business cards and emails, and really tried to make it as as, as an official position as possible. Um, you know, so that was that was really big, and uh, you know, we 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 built out the roster last year, probably about 
80% of it. And then I called around to 17 of the 32 teams the week of Thanksgiving. And we kind of let the league help, help us shape the back end of the roster. Um, kind of want to bring in the guys they wanted to see, because again, this is for those 32 teams, not for, not for us. So um, really try to give the NFL some official feedback on this thing, which they never had before. Um, so that was, you know, that was a big part of the process. And well, I, like you'd alluded to this being uh, an important stage. This is the example I used in the, in the orientation last year with the players. I used the, I, the example of Isaiah Wynn and uh, you know, Isaiah Wynn, the tackle from Georgia two years ago, he comes to the senior bowl with a partially torn uh, labrum. And he has two great days of practice, especially in one-on-one periods. And then he tears that tears his tears his labrum fully, has to miss the combine, miss pro day, never runs, never does anything else. And he probably came into the Senior Bowl. Most teams probably had second, third round grades on Isaiah, and uh, he ended up a first round pick. So my my point to the players is you can help yourself more down here than at any other point in the process. I mean. The last two years, it's amazing how many guys aren't running 40, just just flat out declining to run 40-yard dashes, um, you know, not doing protein, still getting drafted high. So I, I think that uh, I, I was a part of teams, and, and this is all 32 teams, but I have, I mean, I could give specific examples of teams I worked for where, you know, we really overvalued the combine. And I think as a whole, the league has gotten smarter to really just use the combine for what it is. And that's the, the medical part and the interviews and not so much the on the field testing. Now that's the, that's the stuff the fans love to watch on TV and the 40 yard dash is, is, is fun and, and entertaining, but um, that's where your biggest mistakes are made. So, you know, my point last year to the players was come down here and this is real football. This is what you're going to be evaluated on. And uh, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun, Ross. Like there was, the other part, there's a huge recruiting element to this job, and you referenced it earlier with the social media stuff. I really had to get outside my comfort zone this year to, to do some of that. I'd never been on social media in my life, and uh, but it really helped connect to the players. So the recruiting part of it was actually a lot of fun that I didn't even see coming into this thing that that was a part of it. Yeah, and you know, you got a great personality and great way about you, Jim, but you're not like a, a self-promoter. You're not like you know, what I would, in my mind, think like sales guys. So I guess I'm curious about how those interactions work, you know, with the agents and or with the players and when those negotiations or conversations start and how you go about them. Um, You know, we, what we do is when we invite the players, Ross, we just send the invites to the head coaches. So um, that's how it's always been done. And I, 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 I would thought that was a nice formality. You know, you, you always want to leave it up to the head coach. We have to have good relationships with them. So, you know, some coaches get the invite and they'll run it down the hall to the, to the locker room and give it right to their player, um, which is great. And then there's other schools that, uh, you know, might see the in, a senior bowl invite as a distraction to that individual player and they'll hold on to them, you know, until after the, you know, the, the SEC championship game, for example. Um, and, and, I, and, and we're okay with that too. You know, it works both ways, but so sometimes we don't even directly contact the player, you know, again, because you don't want to disrupt those relationships. So it's really done through the invite, but then, you know, you know, then, um, you know, if you get into December and you don't have, and they don't accept immediately, then you, you start getting a feel for who the agent is probably going to be after the bowl game, <laughs> because a lot of times in December, that's, 
you know, that's pretty much well determined. So it's working hand in hand with the agents is a big part of it. And letting them, I think they're all, I think they all realize for the most part, how much their players can, can benefit from coming down here. You know, there, there's a, there's a ton of benefits, just not the on the field stuff, but the interviews are a lot more relaxed than they are at the combine. Um, you know, they take psychological tests here. So it really clear, clears their plate at the combine so they can really just focus on the on the field stuff. So there's, there's a ton of benefits to coming to the senior bowl, um, you know, not even on the field, but, it was uh that was an interesting part working through the through the process with the agents and you know really we only had one one player that that pulled last year that com- actually committed to us and then pulled out and that was Josh Allen from Kentucky and uh you know I understand Josh we knew Josh was going to be a really high pick and it was disappointing that he opted not to and you know the selling point to Josh was it's a loaded edge class you know you had Nick Bosa and Rashawn Gary at the time was in that conversation and uh, so I just thought, you know, with the with the San Francisco 49ers having a big big need there, big pass rush need that that Josh would really benefit from coming down here. But I respect his decision. I mean, he was a top 10 pick, but uh, you know, we always feel like players can help themselves if they come. And to me, the, if and I've told all the agents this over the past year, if you've got a player that's the clear cut number one guy at his position, I mean, I won't even, you know, we won't even you know, go down that road. We'll invite him to, you know, just to, just to see if they'll come, but I would never pressure an agent to send a player who just had the clear cut number one guy, but that's very rare, Ross. I mean, you know, I mean, there's how many guys are just couldn't, you know, there's nothing to be gained by, by coming to a game like this. To me, if you're in the conversation with two or three other guys at a position, you know, come down here and get around these coaches and scouts and, and, and make, you know, make that first impression. Whereas, Whereas a lot of these juniors that are highly rated guys don't even don't even have the option to come play in the senior bowl. So, you know, use this to your advantage of being a guy that came back for a senior year. And, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of success last year and, uh, you know, we're just trying to work hand in hand with the agents right now. You know, they're calling all spring and summer. Um, they've, they've, a bunch of those guys have reached out already and we're trying to help them with who we've seen the tape on, you know, who we like for next year's game and trying to trying to help them save money on their recruiting. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, you want to have those relationships. What about why? Why are the interviews more relaxed at the Senior Bowl than at the Combine? Just because there's more time? Yeah, there's there's more time. Um, you know, it's more of a relaxed setting. You know, Indy's really that that Indy schedule. Jeff Foster, who runs National Football Scouting, does such an awesome job putting on that event. Uh, but they pack so much into those. You know, three or four days the players are up there. That uh, it's it's really hard, you know. It, it's it's a little more of a, a stressful environment. So, you know, being down here, it's it's a little more loose. I mean, some teams stay get into town on Saturday before our game and stay all the way through the game. So they're here for seven or eight days, and and, and they spend extra time with these guys. So it's just a little more laid back. Um, and again, it's nice for the players too that they meet a lot of people when they're here at the Senior Bowl, and then when they go to the combine, they see a familiar face. So it's, you know, it's human nature. It's, it kind of puts them at ease going into the process in Indianapolis when they show up and, you know, they see a bunch of guys from teams that they already recognize and have relationships with. So, um, you know, that's, that's a selling point that, that we try to, we try to express to the players. You know, I'm actually amazed, Jim, because it feels like towards the end of Phil's tenure and now your tenure this past year, that you guys are getting more and more of the best players 
than ever before, which is interesting kind of in the climate we're in now with guys skipping bowl games and such. You know what I mean? Like there are guys that yeah. aren't even participating in bowl games because they're worried about injury, yet I'm sure that's got to be some concern. Like I guess there's two concerns, right? would be number one, that you wouldn't perform well and hurt your stock, but number two, the injury risk. And given the climate we're in, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have more guys that are passing just because of the injury risk part of it. Well, you know, that's a good, good question, Ross. I think that, uh, unfortunately I grew up, like we talked about, um, you know, both of us grew up loving the game of football and, uh, part of that loving the bowl system and, you know, laying around on the couch on new year's day with your family watching bowl games. And so it is from a football fan's perspective, it's a little bit of a bummer that, you know, these top players are pulling out, but, from a business standpoint, I, I totally get it. You know, I mean, it's, I use Michigan as an example. That's where I went to school and uh, you know, they had a bunch of guys not play in the peach bowl last year. Well, you know, Chase Winovich, their defensive end who went in the third round of the Patriots. Now he was a guy that actually decided to play and he was committed to come here to the senior bowl. Well, he gets hurt in that bowl game and he can't participate in the senior bowl. So, you know, really the peach bowl was, would have been his, I don't know, 55th, 56th game at the University of Michigan. But it's not the college football playoff. You know, it really, not saying it was a meaningless game, but, you know, it, 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 there wasn't a lot on the line in the, in the Peach Bowl against Florida. So he gets hurt, and, he, and now he loses the opportunity to come to Mobile and perform in front of over 900 NFL personnel. So it's, I, I, you know, I hate it for the bowl system, but I think that last year there was a little bit of an avalanche there. I mean, Started a few years ago with Christian McCaffrey, and I think last year you really saw a flood of those guys just not participate. But it didn't affect our game. You know, I think the players see the value of getting in front of all the NFL people. So, you know, we're not fighting that as much. And then to your other point, the injury risk part um, and the performance part, you know, just going way back to when I got into scouting, you know, one of the first things you were taught was all-star games can only help players. They can't hurt them. And, uh, you know, I, I think for the most part, teams stick to that because if you're, you know, teams all want guys that love football and, and want to be competitive. And I think coming to an all-star game, whether it's our game or the East West Shrine game or the NFL PA game, I mean, the players are making a statement that they're not afraid to compete and they love football and they're going to take every advantage to, uh, you know, to show the teams that. So, um, you know, I really, I, I, even out of this year's senior bowl, I, I can't think of, many instances where a player actually hurt themselves by coming, hurt themselves by coming down and playing in the game. Whereas on the flip side, I can, you know, I could sit here and cite dozens of examples where guys made two, three, four round jumps by, by coming to mobile. Uh, just kind of moving forward goals, you know, what, what you're trying to accomplish. I saw recently you had a scouting Academy down there, which seemed pretty cool. Uh, last question is just kind of what's next. I mean, you, you got a year under your belt. Things went well, what what are you looking to add or do different or do better? Well, yeah, we really want to capitalize on the, the success of this year, Ross. So we, we had 93 players drafted, which was 36.6% of the draft. We had, uh, we had 10 first-round picks, which was the most we had since 2011, which, uh, which the number we're proud of there is, is in the 2011 draft, there was only 54 juniors in it, and this year there was 144. So to get 10, 10 seniors, 
you know, in the first round and come to our game, uh, we're, we're very proud of that. And that goes back to the staff. They did an, the scouts did an awesome job really identifying those guys. So we just want to capitalize on that. You know, we want, we want this year's class to look back at last year and say, wow, you know, 10 first round picks, a third of the first round came mobile. And, and, you know, a lot of them played their way into the first round. You know, there was maybe a couple Montez sweat was probably going to be a first round pick. Um, Garrett Bradbury, the center from NC State, was probably going to be a first-round pick. But, you know, of those 10, there was probably seven or eight that just played their way into it by coming down here. So we want to capitalize on that. And then, you know, the other thing, Ross, like you're going to hear it a lot over the next year is that we, because of those numbers, we feel like the draft starts in Mobile. And, uh, you know, one thing trying to evaluate what we've done here is we've never really marketed our game a lot to the fan bases, you know reaching out to some of these fan blogs of, of the different teams in the NFL and even on the college side is that there's a perception out there among fans that this is an event just for the media and for the NFL itself. Whereas I think this could be the ultimate fan event, you know, just, I was up, I was lucky enough to be part of the ESPN crew that worked up at the draft in Nashville. And uh, just to see what that looked like in Nashville uh, was exciting to me because it, it tells me we've got a huge opportunity to build this thing out from a fan's perspective. Um, it's such an affordable trip down here to Mobile. And, uh, you know, just being able to come down here and stand 10 feet from an O-line, D-line, one-on-one, or going over the hotel and, you know, just being around these players, uh, you know, and then being able to walk up and down, you know, Dolphin Street down here in Mobile and and, and, you know, seeing coaches out having a beer, you might be able to have a beer with your, your head coach. You know, I mean, those are, those are experiences that you can't get anywhere else other than Mobile. So we're really going to start marketing to the fan bases. I think that, uh, you know, this could be the ultimate guys weekend for, 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 for a bunch of dudes that wanted to come down and immerse themselves in the NFL culture for a week. So that's really what we're going to be focused on. Um, that and, that and getting another great roster put together, but that's kind of what the next, seven eight months look like for us that is a great point and i think you know it's a great opportunity for people to go i mean if people are going to pay pay to sit in the stands at the combine i mean are you kidding me to be able to go and get that close to all the drills and see everybody around town in mobile that's that's a terrific point and i think you guys will do very well and coming on shows like this certainly helps as well and we'll have you on anytime jim you did a terrific job. It's not often that I have somebody for uh, two weeks in a row, but you were worth it, and it was worth it. Thank you so much. No, Ross, thank you for having me on. And just to, it's been cool to see your your evolution from uh, you know an undrafted guy that made. How many years did you get in the league? Well, I played seven years, six to count, you know, for my pension and stuff. But I I went to seven training camps, so I say seven. <laughs> Man, no, that's uh, the fans have to realize that's 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 amazing. Because honestly, from a scout's perspective, you know the, those undrafted guys. I mean, that, that's an unbelievable accomplishment. And then to see you kind of parlay that into your your media thing, man, it's been it's been awesome to watch. It's been cool since we you know we go back to two thousand and one together. So uh, great job, and thank you, uh, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, well, I appreciate you saying that, Jim. I told you earlier in part one how I wanted to be a broadcaster when I was growing up. I always say I think God made me good enough at football so I could get these these media gigs, these these broadcasting jobs. So it, it worked out. Thanks so much, Jim. All right, Rob. Thanks, man. Anytime. Love to come on.
Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Excellent, excellent stuff from Jim. Uh, speaking of excellent stuff, betonline.ag, you hear it a lot because I bring it up on a lot of my shows because, number one, they are a tremendous sponsor. But number two, they're just a, it's just a really cool website. I mean, even if all you do is just go to the website, betonline.ag, and check it out, of course, you can use the promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% welcome bonus, but you can see they got a lot of college football game lines up already for those of you that are really into college football and or NFL lines as well. BetOnline.ag using that promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% welcome bonus if you so choose to actually make a deposit. That way you get some, some extra moolah, some extra money, which is always nice. Other than that, I hope you listen to part two of Nick Hardwick on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast yesterday. Man, talking about the things that he's doing to, you know, make sure he's taking positive steps with brain health. That was really, really compelling stuff. You know, he's he's basically doing brain therapy already, which he talked about in depth on yesterday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast. We'll, of course, have the Fantasy Feast and the Even Money Podcast tomorrow with Evan Silva and a special guest on both shows, which is exciting. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We're all tapped out. Thanks for enjoying your frosty one while listening to the College Draft. Chug, 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 chug. Make sure you're also subscribing to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, and Even Money Podcasts, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.